pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you your word sanctifies us, Lord. We thank you your word builds us up. Your word gives us faith. Your word gives us life. Your word gives us strength. Father, your word is a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. Lord, your word is just an amazing love message to us. And Father, just pray this morning that you would illuminate your word within us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would see and know you in a new way. Lord, we just thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the word made flesh, come to dwell dwell amongst men. Lord, that he showed us who you were. Just thank you, Father, for that this morning. And we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just move upon us, Lord, and heal, set free, deliver. We just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, we've got quite a few weeks we're going to be looking at relationships. And uh, we're going to be looking at husband, wife, kid, mum and dad, uh, our relationship to non-believers, our relationship to other believers, how we are meant to act towards one another. Um, But firstly, over the next few weeks, I really wanted to look at, as I said before, our relationship with God. Because that is the determining relationship in every other relationship. If our other relationships aren't submitted to God, they're just not going to be right, okay? It doesn't mean they can't be good. It doesn't mean that there can't be um, some amazing things in those relationships. But when we submit to God, there's an amazing thing that happens. The love of God actually comes to dwell within us because the relationship that God has with us, firstly, is of love, okay? So... We're going to actually look at that this morning, that our first relationship with God is that of love, and we looked at that already in our um, series that we did, uh, What on Earth Am I Here For? That was one of the purposes that God created us for, wasn't it? He created us to be loved. And that was one of those things that, as we started to think about it, you might have been going, well, don't I have to do something to be loved? Isn't there something I need to do? To make me lovable, isn't that the deal, that God will love me if I'm amazing? And it's a pretty hard concept to grasp because, you see, the fact is that God loved you before the world began. He loved you before the world even began. And that is just something that is hard to fathom because we do live in a place, and it's probably because of our sinful nature, I guess, that we think that our approval depends on our actions. Now, there are actions that God does not approve of. That's true. However, how much God loves you is never determined by how good you are. And firstly, we need to come to him. So if we we start to look at God as love, Let's look at 1 John 4.16. So 1 John 4.16. We know how much God loves us and we've put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Now, this whole thing about love in John, we're going to look at a little bit further down the road because we have to have a response to love. But Firstly, we need to understand that God is love. What does that mean? God is the essence of love. Love comes from him. God 
just loves. That's his nature. His first nature is love. And we might think, well, how could God love? What, what is it about love that we need? Well, firstly, we need someone who's a lover. And secondly, we need someone who's an object of love. Is that right? So if I was here and I thought, I'm just going to love and there's nothing to love, what am I going to love? I love myself, maybe. And in a little way, that's what God's like in that Trinity, that relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the triune God was forever in love. That whole fellowship they have is based on love. The Father loves the Son, we know that, the Bible says it. The Son loves the Father and the Holy Spirit. In fact, John 17, 5 says, Jesus, that's not on there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't look for that one. But Jesus was praying and he says, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Jesus existed before the world began as God and in that relationship of love. And so God's essence is loved and, and he just loves. That's what he does. He's always been existing in that relationship of love. And I said already, it needs two things to exist. It needs a lover and something to love. Well, guess what? We were made for God to love us. That's why he made us. The purpose was that mankind, as he was created, was to be entering into that relationship with God. That means when Adam and Eve were there and and God was walking with them, they were walking in the relationship that he truly wanted with people. And we are also invited into that relationship now through Jesus Christ. The whole reason that he loves us is because he is love. That's it. He always has loved us. He never has not loved us. Even when we were sinners, he loved us. Even when we were against him, he loved us. And we're going to look a little bit about how important it is for us to enter into that relationship in a minute. Outside of the relationship of love, mankind is lost, totally lost. You are never existing as a true human being if you are outside that relationship. Why? Because mankind was, re- was created to live within that relationship of love, to be loved by the Father, to walk in that love. So outside of that relationship, man is lost and it's walking. We are walking without that love, without that realisation of how much God loves us. Joe, could you just go and grab Brianna for me, please, from Sunday school? Sorry. Brianna's going to help me with a demonstration in a minute that I did at camp to just show you, just so you can think. It's pretty lame, I think, but (laughs) it gets the point across. (laughs) of God's love. So if we think, how do I enter into that relationship with love? If God loved me, what's the problem? Why can't I just live in that love? Think about a love relationship between a man and a wife, okay? If one or the other walks out of that love, does it mean that the other one stops loving? Not all the time. Sometimes it does as, as bitterness and hatred starts to build up. 
But God is sometimes likened to that as a, as a man whose wife has been unfaithful. In fact, he called Israel an unfaithful wife so many times because they wandered away from him and they started to walk in their own ways and do their own things to serve other gods, which is where the idolatry came in and, and no longer did Israel love God. But God said, every time, my love is for you. I love you so much. I just want to reach out. I want to grab you. I want to pull you back. And when we're going to look in Jeremiah in a minute, there's a verse there that talks about, I wanted to treat you like children. That's my deep desire. I just want to love on you. But you have walked out of that love that I have for you. And God created a covenant relationship with Abraham that was established to bring Jesus into this world at the right time. When Jesus came was the right time, okay? The Bible says that, that at the right time, God sent his son Jesus. God never makes a mistake in his timing. He knows what's correct and what is right. And at the right time, he sent his son Jesus to establish another covenant, a better covenant, a covenant that included you and me, Now, it didn't mean he didn't love us as people outside of Israel before that time. But there's something special about this covenant. When Jesus came and it says he was full of unfailing love, he was full of grace and truth, and he showed the Father's heart for us. Brianna, come up here. This is my daughter, Brianna. Now, Brianna, do I love you? (laughs) I do. I really do love her. Okay, so I'm God, that's people, and this is what God's like towards people. (laughs) Thank you, Brianna. Does everyone get that illustration? I want to love on Brianna. I want to give her a hug and say, Brianna, I love you so much. I love you. You're my kid. I I just want to give you affection. I want to give you the good things that, that you need in life. But if Brianna's pushing away from me, she never enters into that relationship of love, does she? Okay? And God's love is described as these things, unfailing, eternal, genuine, faithful, patient, pursuing, great, passionate and strong, forgiving and lavish. Aren't they good descriptions of love for you? And the thing is that not everyone receives that love. In fact, even many Christians don't receive the love that God has for for them in particular because they're resisting him. They're pushing him away. Now, before we were saved, obviously, that's how we live. We were children of the devil, the Bible says. What does that mean? That means every thought and deed and everything inside of us was inspired by that spiritual side of the world. And there's a pushing away of God. And we say, well, if God loves, why isn't everything good? I'll tell you right now, if every man and woman on this planet said, I'm going to give my life to God and I'm going to let his love work in me, the planet would not be bad. Guarantee it. Wars would cease, fights would cease, divorce would just completely vanish. Children wouldn't be left alone to cope without a parent that loves them. 
There'll be friendships that are resolved. There'll be nobody that's hungry. There'll be nobody that's greedy. There'll be no one that's an idolater that, that chases things other than God. But you see, the fact is that the world resists God, God's love and so do we sometimes. We're not to resist that as Christians especially. But despite the rejection, God has always loved. Can you see that? His love has always been towards you. Malachi 1.2 says, I've always loved you, says the Lord, in the first part of that verse. Always. He's always loved you. Eternally loved you. Never not loved you. <coughs> I'm going to have to get some water soon. Ephesians 1.4. Put that up on the screen. You can read it yourself. <laughs> Why don't we read that out loud, actually? Why don't we do that? You ready? Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Ephesians 1.4 Even before the world began. That's eternal love, isn't it? That's eternal love. And this is the love that caused Christ to come for us. This eternal love, the love that was before time began, that caused Christ to come. In fact, it says that we know God loved us because he sent his son. That's the absolute proof that God loves us. Why? Because we are sinners. It's proof. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't bother, would he? He'd just say, oh, well, whatever. Just go and do your own thing. I don't really care. But another side of God's love is that he's so jealous for us. He does not want to lose us. And that's why he will never stop pursuing us. Never. Never stop pursuing us. His love is going to overwhelm us. <coughs> His love is just going to keep chasing us until it grabs us. In John 3.16, if we go and look at that again, for God loved the world so much that he gave his son, one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, I won't go back and read it out again, but there comes that choice, doesn't there? It says, everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him. In other words, God somehow has given us the power to choose. I just want you to know today that it's your choice, not God's. God loves you. It's your choice as to whether you receive that love or not. God has no power to make you choose. He has a, a love that keeps pursuing you to try and grab you so that you'll say yes to him. But never, ever does he force you to love him, in fact. 
He's asking you to make that choice today. His love is always for you. Always. You can resist as much as you want. You can walk away. You can actually live a a terrible life. without Christ. But he'll still love you. In fact, the Bible says, where can I get away from God's love? Show me that place. Where is it? I really want to know where it is because, you know what, one of the things about God's love is that it convicts our hearts so much. And sometimes people just want to run away from it because they know that it gives them no choice but to surrender to God. And the Bible says, where is that place? Well, is it in the heavens? No. Is it in the deep sea? No. Is it in hell? No. Nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. But we can resist that love for us. And so that's our choice. So I just want to put it to you today. If you don't feel loved, it's not to do with God. Nothing to do with God. He loves you. I've already shown you in the scriptures that Ephesians 1.4, even before the world began, God loved us. It's no excuse not to live in that love, really, except for our doubt, unbelief, that stops us living in that relationship with him. And he sent Jesus while we were his enemies. So that proves that his love is real. All of us can love our friends, can't we? In fact, the Bible says that some of you would die for your friends, but who would die for someone who hates them? Hmm. Well, I can tell you who would do that. Jesus. Jesus did it. Jesus came and he died for you when you hated him. So how do I enter into this love relationship? Why is it so important? Just repeat to you this. If we don't enter in, To that love relationship, every other relationship you have will be tainted, it will be wrong, it will be incomplete, it will be ineffective. Why? Because love is the key to obedience to God. Does everyone understand that? We're going to look at that next week, our response to God, but this is a little taste. (laughs) I only do... What God commands me because I love him, really. It's a demonstration of my love for God, isn't it? The Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And this is why we struggle so much at times with doing what's right or or building right relationships or living our life the way God wants is because we don't love him. We really don't love him. We haven't thought to ourselves, you know what, if I actually learn to love God, then everything else will line up. It's out of that love relationship that flows obedience that allows God's work to be full in our life. So what do we do? First, you need to come to him. This is really important. This is where God's love can begin to flow in your life. Just going to look at Jeremiah 3. It's quite a long reading that I want to read. 
I'm starting from verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, Even faith, faithless Israel is less guilty than treacherous Judah. Therefore, go and give this message to Israel. This is what the Lord says. O Israel, my faithless people, come home to me again. For I am merciful, I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt, admit that you rebelled against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him by worshipping idols under every green tree. Confess that you refuse to listen to my voice. I, the Lord, have spoken. Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord. For I'm your master, I'll bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, from wherever you're scattered. And I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days when you possess the ark of the Lord's covenant. You'll not miss those days or even remember them. There will be no need to rebuild the ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord. All nations will come there to honour the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own evil desires. In those days, the people of Judah and Israel will return together from exile in the north. They will return to the land I gave their ancestors as an inheritance forever. I thought to myself, I'd love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possessions in the world. I looked forward to you calling me father. And I wanted you never to turn from me. But you've been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. You've been like a faithless wife who leaves a husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Voices are heard high on the windswept mountains, the weeping and pleading of Israel's people. For they have chosen crooked paths and have forgotten the Lord their God. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. For you are the Lord our God. Yes, we're coming, the people reply, for you are the Lord our God. Our worship of idols on the hills and our religious orgies on the mountains are a delusion. Only in the Lord our God will Israel ever find salvation. Only in the Lord our God will Israel find salvation. I just want you to just think about that passage, about God's heart in that passage. We see that our heart was wrong. We were wayward children. We were away from God and following other things in life. And God gave out this call to Israel, but it wasn't just Israel because we see in one of those verses there, it says, and the nations will come and worship there. We're the nations, guys. This is a promise that God gave so long ago. And he said, if you come to me, I will change things around. I'll change your wayward heart. This is the change that only comes from God working in you. And that's what I want you to understand. But first we have to say, we've been wayward. Whether you're a non-Christian today, someone who doesn't believe, and you want to become a Christian, you have to say to God, I've been wayward. I've walked away from you, and I need to come back. In fact, Isaiah says, in one verse it says, come, let's settle the matter. What he's saying is, though your skins be scarlet as blood, they'll be white as snow. If you only come to me, then the change can happen. It's always been him who calls for us to come to him, to return home. (coughs) And once you've done this, and you've invited Christ into your heart, there's an amazing, amazing thing that happens. 
God himself, God himself comes and reveals his love to you in here. It's not our understanding. It's not my, my amazing intelligence that lets me know God's love. And if you think you can get to know God's love that way, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. It takes us turning around, a confession of, of how wrong we've been and coming to God and saying, come into my life. And when we become his children, we receive something or somebody so very special. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He comes and dwells in us. The Holy Spirit coming to dwell in us. And this is so important because this is where love begins. You see, God is love, existed in that love relationship. The Holy Spirit imparts that love to us. The Holy Spirit imparts that love to us. John 17, 26, Jesus is praying for the disciples. And he says this, I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. As the Holy Spirit reveals God to you, he also reveals the love of God to your heart. And it's interesting that, John, that in this chapter of John, Jesus is saying, I'm going to continue to do it. God, these men, these disciples that you've given me, I've been pouring you into them. I've been giving them understanding of who you are, of what you've done. I've been revealing the very essence of you to them by going around and healing the sick, by going around and having compassion on those who were weak, setting free the captive. By, by speaking messages about how you've got to be faithful, how you've got to be loving, how you've got to be kind. And every single day I was with them, I was revealing you to them. <coughs> and what happened was the love became so apparent to them. They were looking at God himself at work amongst men, a God who wasn't out to just smash people, but he was out to re re receive them. Anyone who would come, anyone who would come to receive them and give them good things. He revealed that the Father was so good that, that he said, you guys as earthly fathers know how to give good things to your kids. Well, I'll tell you something even better than that. Your Father in heaven, he loves you so much more than that and won't he so much more give good things to those who ask for them? So much more. Because that is my Father. And he was revealing day after day, week after week, month after month to the end of his ministry just how good and loving God is. And he's saying right there, I've been showing them, God, my Father, who you are, and my love's being revealed to them. And you know what? I'm going to continue to do that. Interesting, because it's just about to die. How can he do it? But the only way God can be revealed is if God reveals himself. The only way. We're not smart enough to see him. We certainly can't understand it. 
We cannot even understand the amazing exchange that happened on the cross. How could my sin be taken from me? How could that possibly pay for my sin? I don't understand it. But guess what? I understand it there. I know it's true. And the day I made the confession, I want to follow you, God, there was a change that happened in my life as I was cleansed of every sin. So in Galatians 5.22, love is listed as a fruit of the Spirit. We know that. The fruit of the Spirit is. What's the first one? Love. Romans 5.5. It's talking about a hope that we have. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. How do we know that? How do you know that? Seriously. If I look around the world and see the mess it's in, there's no way I think that God loves me. That's not how God actually created it to be. He created it to be a beautiful world, a world where we're experiencing that fellowship with him. And you know what? We have a hope that one day Jesus is coming again and he is going to restore all things unto himself. This is going to be an amazing place. The new heaven, the new earth, a place where Jesus Christ is on the throne, where there's no more sickness, no dying, where the lion lies down with the lamb. Awesome. And that's our hope. What a great place to be. But we know it because he's given us the Holy Spirit. This is God living in us, revealing himself to us. The Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with what? His love. With his love. God's love. In fact, it talks about overflowing inside of us. And that's important. And I just want to say to you today, we need to get this relationship right. If you want your other relationships to be right, get this one right. Allow God's love to grow inside of you because we do not know and understand God's love straight away fully. It's a growing thing and we'll be looking at that too. In in 1 John, it talks so much about that. It's a growing thing. We don't automatically just know everything. But we've got a Holy Spirit inside of us to fill our hearts with love. And if you can't love your husband, it's because God's love is not out of you. If he doesn't love you, it's because God's love is not out of him. If you can't love the orphan, God's love is not flying out of you because he does. If you can't love foreigners in your land, it's because God's love is not flying out of you. If you're racist, God's love is not flying out of you because that's nothing like his love. Nothing like his love. If you can't love your mum and dad, God's love is not in you. If you can't love your kids, God's love is not in you. And if you do not allow that love to come out of you, you are never, ever, ever going to have a relationship that God designed you for. But the good news is this, that God has placed his Holy Spirit in your heart. Now, I understand, like I said before, man can resist that love. If every husband and every wife was filled with the love of God, what beautiful marriages we'd have. Do you know why? What did I say before? It's out of our love that obedience comes. It's out of our love, our love that obedience comes. 
And that love is only placed in us by God, isn't it, really? We only love God because he first loved us. Nothing to do with me. I didn't choose to love him. He chose to love me. And I responded to that love. And that's the response we need to look for. So, guys, we're in for a good ride ahead. I honestly believe that God is just going to transform some lives here during this time. I believe that he's just going to grow inside of you and his love is going to grow inside of you. And as we look at these relationships, I always want you to remember this. I can. I can change. I can be obedient because God's love can work through me. I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me. You know one of the amazing things of those fruits of the Spirit that I always marvel at is the the self-control. Self-control, a gift of the Spirit. Well, that doesn't even make sense in some ways because how can it be self-control if it's a gift from someone else? It's obviously from him, right? (laughs) But it's a gift he gives to me that I can actually control myself. I don't have to give in to sin. I don't have to give in to my old nature. Oh, that's going to be a good message about our new nature in Christ because that is exciting. That is really exciting. Thinking that we're no longer that person we used to be. We're someone new. We don't have to listen to that old man. That's exciting. Anyway, come on, worshippers, come up the front. (laughs) We're going to pray. If you want prayer for anything, maybe this morning... You actually understand for the first time that you aren't with God. I'm just going to pray a prayer in a minute, the most amazing prayer in the whole wide world that will lead you into that relationship where you just accept God's love. Rather than resisting, you say, right, I'm giving in now. I've had enough. I need your love, God. We're going to pray that prayer as as we stand. Can we all stand and just going to pray that prayer now. So if that's you, like... You know that you haven't really walked in God's love. Just pray along in your head. If you want, just pray with me. And we're just going to invite God into your life because that's the first step. The first step is to actually invite him in. Once he's in, that's when the Holy Spirit comes and fills your heart with his love. And you will not know what that's like until you make that decision. Everyone who has genuinely made that decision, it's changed their life forever. Let's pray. Father, I just want to pray right now for everyone here, Lord, that your love would fill their heart. I just pray, Lord, that we would enter into that relationship of love with you. And Father, whoever's here that may never have entered into that relationship, I just want to pray this prayer with them. Father, I want to receive your love. I thank you that Jesus died for my sin. He took my place so that I can enter into a love relationship with you. Please forgive me my sin. I understand that I walked away from you. But Lord, I want to come close. I want to come and reason with you. Maybe even you've been far away from God for a while, even though you're a Christian. It's one you as we're singing and praising this morning, just invite him back into your life in that way. That real love can start to flow out of your life. And of course... The phone is open for anyone who wants prayer for sickness, whatever. Let's pray. God God would touch you. Remember what Jesus did when he was on earth, going around healing all that was sick and oppressed of the devil. Just pray for healing. Let's, as a congregation, 
really start believing towards that, that we're seeing miraculous things here in this church. You know what the Bible says in James, you don't have because you don't ask? Are you asking for miracles? Are you asking for healings? Out of a good motive, you want to see God move? You don't have because you don't ask. Let's begin as a church asking for those things. Let's ask for people to be saved. Let's ask for God to move people into his kingdom through us. So, fronts open for prayer for anything as we sing.